We are celebrating summer with 40 Thrive's top 10 episodes of season two. From body changes to career changes, mindset shifts to creating habits that will improve, well, pretty much everything. These episodes will make you think, laugh, and definitely grow as a grown-ass woman over 40 and beyond. This time, number eight. You're listening to the 40 Thrive Podcast, the show created for women 40 and beyond, ready to shake things up. And now, your host, Jackie McDougall. Hi, welcome back to 40 Thrive. I'm Jackie, your host. Before we dive into all the greatness, this episode and our entire top 10 of season two is brought to you by Kendra. As I'm recording this, I am hearing from so many women all over who are not only trying to beat the heat outside, my gosh, it's hot, but from within. Hot flashes, night sweats, it is real. But did you know that suffering is not actually required? Let me say that again. Suffering could be a choice you're making. Mood swings, vaginal dryness, sleepless nights, they can all be addressed. And sometimes pretty simply, that's where Kindra comes in. They have estrogen-free essentials for your peri to post menopause journey. If you're feeling overheated, tired, sluggish, can't sleep, or experience vaginal dryness that's just getting in the way of the life you know you could be living, Kindra has a whole suite of products to help. And you can get 20% off Kindra site-wide with promo code 40thrive20 at checkout. That's ourkindra.com with promo code 40thrive20, F-O-R-T-Y-T-H-R-I-V-E, and the number 20. Go get it. You could be feeling so much better sooner than you can even imagine. So today on the episode, when I say habits, you may think, yeah, 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 I've heard all about habits. At my local bookstore or TV self-help experts, habits, eh, they're old news. Not even a little bit. Today, not only does my guest have a fresh take on habits, the way she combines very specific habits is nothing short of life-changing. Don't believe me? Keep listening. TEDx speaker and number one best-selling author of The Six Habits and Life Mastery Coach, Laura Benedetto teaches us how to create the life of our dreams without sacrificing what we love. I'm so here for this. We talk about each and every one of the habits in the book, but I will say the best way to really do a deep dive is to get the book yourself and have that highlighter ready. This is one of those on the nightstand, little bits at a time, aha moment inspiring reads. I'll link to it in the show notes at 40thrive.com forward slash episode 98. But if you're like Laura and myself, you may want the audiobook as well. Have you ever done that? Read a book along with the audiobook? I feel like it's reminiscent of those old, you know, ding, turn the page books, but that's totally how I love to read. And you can get The Six Habits on Audible absolutely free. With a free trial of Audible, you can access the entire Audible Plus catalog with unlimited listening to select audiobooks, Audible originals, podcasts, and so much more. Plus, you get a credit good for any title in their entire premium selection, yours to keep, even if you don't subscribe after the trial is over. And there are absolutely no commitments. You can cancel your membership at any time. All titles that you've purchased with a credit are yours to keep forever. Oh, and they send you a sweet little email so that way you don't accidentally go out of the trial time and into paying for it. That's one of my favorite features. So get your free trial with the free audiobook download at audibletrial.com forward slash 40 thrive. 
It's audibletrial.com forward slash F-O-R-T-Y thrive. Okay, let's dive into the six habits with Laura Benedetto. And make sure you listen to the end because Laura has a super special offer for you and you don't want to miss it. Laura, welcome to 40 Thrive. Thank you so much. It's great to be here with you. Your book, Six Habits, I cannot wait to dive into these, but I have to start very basic. Let's go back. Why are habits important? Habits are important because they define what our lives look like. When we think about little things like, I don't know, what kind of a dental checkup are you getting? Are you getting an A plus from your dentist or are you getting the Nana finger from your dentist? Um, it depends on your habits. Do you floss? Do you not floss? Do you brush occasionally? Do you go to bed with you know yucky teeth or whatever? Do you wake up with two sweaters and don't do anything about it? You know what I mean? sweater, yes. right? We all yep. know what that feels like. It's oh my like, God, sweater teeth. Totally. Gross, right? <laughs> so I love to use the whole like flossing analogy because your flossing habit determines the health of your teeth, right? That right. a bunch of other things, but it determines it. And you know, our habits determine our lives because our habits are things we do repeatedly. It's not what we do once that time that I went to the gym three years ago, I assure you, I do not look like Cindy Crawford because of that one visit to the gym, right. lifting a weight for two minutes. It's what we do every day. And it's kind of mm-hmm. like if you eat really well all the time and you have ice cream once, who cares? Enjoy mm-hmm. the ice cream. Just throw yes. it down. Our lives are defined by our habits and they're so important to what happens with our joy and our dreams and everything. Right. And I think that whether it's food or with your business or your work or just anything that you're doing that like, oh, I'll just do this one time. It doesn't really matter. But when you multiply that, you know, mm-hmm. you get an ant on your shirt. It's not a big deal. <laughs> you multiply that by a thousand. It might be an issue. So yeah. <laughs> what a horrifying metaphor. <laughs> oh my God. That's if, if I can fuel. provide nothing else but horrifying metaphors, I've done my job. So, okay, well, so, hashtag winning girlfriend because now I'm going to have nightmares tonight about like getting <laughs> ants all over me. Ugh. Well, I think it had to be a visual metaphor for people to really understand that it adds up. <laughs> Your habits add up. Oh, that one landed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> now I've got people like scratching themselves on the other side of this. So, so let me ask you this though the habits that we're creating in our lives, what are we trying to achieve by improving our habits? Well, we're trying to improve the way our lives are going. Most of the time we operate from a place of insecurity. Like, oh, I, I don't have this. And I don't have that. And I, I wish I was more loved. And I wish my relationship were better. Or I really want to be thinner, this or that. And it's because you're not feeling comfortable with the way things are. And that's okay to want better. But when you want better, you have to be better in order mm. to have it. And in order to be better, you are the sum total of your habits. I cannot get this ant metaphor out of my head. You are the ants on your shirt, friends. You're the ant. Oh my God, you've ruined my life. I love it. (laughs) From one Massachusetts girl to another, right? I ruined your life. Yeah. Yeah. But only as as only a mass hole can say. Exactly. Uh, So yeah, you know what? It's like when we wish to become wealthier or attract a better mate or really just become that business owner that we always dreamed of being and start that company, you have to actually become the person that's capable of handling that. 
You have to be the person that's capable of handling a bigger relationship. You have to become the person that's capable of running a company. And in order to do that, that means you need to become just a more substantial person with greater capabilities. And the purpose of our habits is to help to support whatever it is that we're trying to be. When we don't look at our habits, sometimes they can support us being a lazy bum on the couch who constantly plays victim because that's what your habits are building you into. But if you constantly put yourself in the role of, you know, in my case, the, the wife who has a, a great marriage or the business leader who inspires versus terrifies, mm-hmm. you have to be that. And the only way to do that is to examine what's in your head and what you tend to do habitually when confronted with life. I love that. Does what you say you want match the actions that you perform to get what you want. Precisely. Yeah. Going to the gym once, like we talked about, doesn't make you fit, but going to the gym every day will. Right. Absolutely. Even if you're only going to the gym for a short time. I mean, that's the, that's the beauty of it. People like I know for, I can speak for myself. I have historically been a very all or nothing person. So it's like, if I don't get to the gym for 90 minutes, then what's the point of going? And then I've learned, especially over 40, that it's not about all of it, 100%. It's about the consistency, even if that consistency is 20 minutes. That's right. Yeah, That was me relearning my relationship with food. Girl, okay, like I love ice cream, but I don't need to have all of it and I don't need to have none of it. What I choose to do now is it's just like I buy the very best stuff that I Mm -hmm. want. Yes. And because it tastes really good and I'm not denying myself, it's like, all right, I'll have a little. And if I feel like having a little tomorrow, I will. And guess what? I'm thin. I feel good. I'm healthy. Right. Isn't it funny though, that the quality that you put into your body, at least for me, I like chocolate, but I like really well-made dark chocolate. And then mm-hmm. when you have that, you don't need a whole box or bar or bag of that chocolate because it's quality. It's when it's like crap yep. that you end up eating the entire thing. Do you know why? <laughs> I'll tell no, you. No, I don't. I don't. So the reason why we tend to consume more of the thing that's lower quality is because it doesn't scratch the itch. Mm. We think it does. Let's say I want dark chocolate, but I end up getting like something like really crappy from the pharmacy versus buying myself something I know I'm going to really love. Right. When I eat the crappy stuff from the pharmacy, you know, the post Christmas sale that's still there in February. <laughs> yes. Oh, you know, you're guilty of this. <laughs> oh, am I? When you get that, it's not what you really wanted. So right. you just continue to consume it, waiting for that feeling of satisfaction, but it actually doesn't come, which is why right. you consume so much more of it. But if you just put the work into it to get the stuff you really want, it scratches the itch right away. And you're like, ah, oh, that's what I wanted. Yay. And you don't need as much. That's such a great point. I've never heard it put that way. So thank you for that. I'm going to get the quality stuff always. I mean, screw this habit stuff. Let's just talk about ice cream. <laughs> Exactly. Ice cream and other crap. So let's talk about the habits though. You have six habits in your book Mm -hmm. that you swear by to transform your life. So let's dive in to the six habits. Kindness, acceptance, gratitude, presence, goodness, and intention are the six habits. Let's start with number one, kindness. Why does it matter? Well, I want to actually preface all of this by saying that you're right. They tend to be dismissed as basics when they are in fact foundations. And there's a very vital distinction between the two. For example, the alphabet seems simple. It is the foundation for the English language. Right. It's critical. And just because something looks easy and we've got it, 
right? It doesn't mean that it is or that it's unimportant. And I think that's one of the relationships we need to have immediately with reframing how we think these things. So mm-hmm. kindness, right? Kindness is a mental habit and it's how you treat yourself. And you can treat yourself like crap, and most of us do, which is unkindness. Or you could choose to treat yourself with the thoughts, words, or actions of love toward yourself. And yeah, kindness, people are like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, I know that. Tell me something revelatory. The revelation (laughs) is that it's harder than you think. You treat yourself like crap and you don't even know that you're doing it. And it's actually destroying your ability to live your dream life. You need Mm. to slow down to hurry up return to the foundation and relearn how to have a relationship with you. And when you do that, you become your own nurturing parent and you become the voice of you can do it. I believe in you versus you better make the sales call. You wuss. What's wrong with you? Like how many of us say that all the time? What's wrong with you to ourselves? Yeah. Meanwhile, like, wouldn't that just destroy like a little three-year-old if their mom said that to them? Yeah. Like what's wrong with you? No, 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 no. I mean, we're over 40 here and My mom isn't busy actively parenting me anymore. I don't know about your mom, but here's the memo that we didn't get when we grew up. Someone has to continue to parent us. And then when we leave the house, the baton is passed to us. We just don't realize we're receiving it. We must be our own parent. So when we are the voice of the critical parent, we say crap like, you can't make that sales call. You better get to the gym, fat ass. You defeat yourself with how you look your ability and worthiness for love, your capabilities, anything, right? Mm. And that is not appropriate. It's also not even what a loving, nurturing parent would say. A nurturing parent would say, oh, sweetie, of course you're worthy of love. You'll find the one, don't worry. Or, oh, honey, you know what? Make that sales call. You might not be successful, but you'll get some good practice. Come on, you can do it. Pick up the phone. It even feels better for me to say that to you. Like, I just think about like how my mom used to talk to me when I was a little girl, I'd fall down and I'd skin my knees a lot, which explains why my (laughs) knees hurt now. I'd go in the house like bloody and crying and she'd be like, aw, you fell. Are you okay? And I'd be like, no, I'm hurt, you know? And she'd be like, oh, sweetie, it's okay. You tried. It's okay. Go back outside. I'm going to bandage you up. Go back outside and play. You know? She didn't allow me to quit. She didn't say, oh, you skinned your knees. Looks like you don't know how to run. That's it. No, we're running for you. You suck. (laughs) Right. Well, I am the 11th kid of 13. So it was more like, are you dying? No, go, go. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. At that point, it's like, oh, cool. You're on life support. Yeah. Fun. (laughs) We're good. We're good. You're number 11. Just just keep keep moving. Keep moving. Right. (laughs) Yeah. So I I love one of the things that you're saying is that we have this, this self-talk, right? I think in our twenties and thirties, like I deserve this. And we say, I deserve this. And it's usually something that's not actually good for us. Right. I deserve to like getting drunk, get drunk. I deserve to It's Friday. I deserve to get messed up right now. Yeah. Like whatever, whatever it is, it's often a negative But what you're saying is when you treat yourself with kindness, I like that you include things that may not be the most fun, like making that sales call, but they are the things that will bring you to where you want to be. And so it's kindness in doing hard things. It is, but it's also like, sometimes it's kindness and looking in the mirror. Like, you know, I know most women have cellulite. Can we just own that? Okay. I do. I I don't care. But like, I walk out there with my itsy bitsy teeny weeny bikini. I'm like, boom. (laughs) You like that? You like that? Get an eyeful. You know, I feel really, really good about it. And, you know, it just like, it leads to a level of confidence that people are like, oh my God, you're so confident. I wish I could do that. I'm like, well, you know, if you did what I 
preach and lived according to these principles of being kind to yourself, you can. It's not like it's off the table. It's not like I walked into the world feeling great about myself. I didn't. And it's not ego, which is fake. It's genuinely, I actually don't care that I have cellulite. And my bum is my bum. And if you don't like it, don't look at it. And if you do, that's cool. It's off limits to you. So who cares? But as women, we criticize ourselves for the way we look, the gray in our hair, the wrinkles on our face, gravity being unkind and our boobs perhaps being lower than they used to be, or our butts looking like what it is or our achievements or, you know, our status as a wife or as a mother or as a partner, or whatever. We just constantly criticize ourselves. Yep. What end? Because it's basically this massive, massive feeling of insufficiency because we don't have that incredible nurturing parent voice inside of us saying, you look great today. And you know what? For 40 girl, you're killing it. Your hair looks so good. You're beautiful. We feel stupid for saying these things to ourselves. We look stupid for looking in the mirror when we're like, you know, brushing our teeth and being like, I have really great teeth and complimenting <laughs> ourselves because we were taught not to do that. Well, and you know, I'm it's ready interesting. to unlearn. Absolutely. I'm ready to unlearn as well. Like, I think it's interesting because we try to teach or encourage women to have confidence, but you shouldn't have too much confidence that you make someone else uncomfortable. It's like this really wild message, right? Like be confident, but don't wear a bikini on the beach. That's outrageous. Yeah. And be outspoken, but not too outspoken or you'll upset people. And as a woman, you don't get to upset people. That's not your place. Exactly. But here's the other thing too. It's really important to point out that we're constantly told that we have faults and flaws, right? Yep. That we should- People make money on that. Exactly. Exactly. And then people capitalize on our fears and our insecurity. Exactly to your point. Yeah. And so if somebody is telling you that you're getting older or you're over 40 or over 50, and these are the problem areas, and I've talked about this on the podcast, you know, ad nauseum, we start to believe that. So it's really important that we have these conversations and that you listen to things like this podcast and others where you start to remember like, oh, wait a minute, I've been programmed inaccurately for so many years. I have to sort of take back my own self-kindness. Correct. And we have to have, this is very important. We have to have the courage to tune that crap out. We have to recognize, and I say this as the CEO of a marketing company, marketers make money when you feel like crap. Products companies make money when you feel like crap. And when you're scared and when you're insecure, they can sell you things. They can sell you ideas. They can make you do something that is so harmful to your well-being because they've given you this illusion that whatever you're afraid of is worse than the thing they're trying to give you. Mm. Like, for example, sweeteners, like aspartame, for example. They've convinced you that, oh, it's so much better to have this toxin because being thin is the only thing that's acceptable and having an extra couple pounds on you is an unforgivable sin. How dare you? Therefore, have this toxin. You're not going to live as long or as better and you're probably going to get cancer in your 80s, but screw all that. You'll be thin. (laughs) And then people will love you because unless you're thin, you're not lovable. Mm-hmm. You've got the diet industry built on demonizing different things to sell you stuff and right. also sell you this idea. Nobody sells diet pills if you think you're good enough the way you are. Nobody sells diet pills if you think you're good enough the way you are. That's a quotable right there, girl. <laughs> I think we, we scratched the surface with kindness. We could literally spend an hour talking about that, but I want to move on to acceptance. This is one of my favorites. Talk to me about acceptance. I get the question a lot, which one is the most important habit? And the answer is the one that is hurting you the most. 
And for me, it was acceptance. Hmm. So for me, acceptance is unconditionally loving yourself. I mean, unconditional to mean no conditions. I will love myself more when I lose 10 pounds. Mm. I will love myself more when I learn to be a better mother. I will finally feel good about myself when I start that business or when I finally get that raise. We are withholding joy from ourselves because we don't feel worthy of it. Mm. We feel as though we have to earn it. Again, as women, we have been conditioned and socialized to believe that we have to earn love respect our place in society and we have to earn everything and it's a lie we don't we are sovereign beings and we're born into it matter of fact again using the three-year-old metaphor three-year-olds accept themselves just fine yeah they're just like yeah i'm cool i'm three i'm gonna burn things down (laughs) yeah (laughs) like they're just busy having fun they're not looking at like the other one being like your overalls are better than mine I'm not as good as you. They're not looking at other little kids and just being like, you're funnier than me. Like at three, you don't know these things. Yeah. Right. And I kind of want to return ourselves to this level of purity Mm. that we used to have and realize that when we truly unconditionally love ourselves, again, we're, you know, we're the nurturing parent and I love kindness and acceptance because they really collaborate beautifully together. It's how you feel about yourself. Mm. And it's more of like the reassuring concepts. It's not just, honey, you can do it, which is, you know, kindness. It's like regarding the way you treat yourself. But this is more of, I am enough. I look good. Yeah. And the way I look is good. And I don't need to fit a societal standard that I actually had no part in creating. Someone else said that's what beauty is. And I didn't get a vote. So I don't agree. And I don't need to fit in a mold. I'm me and I'm great. That's it. So when we don't accept ourselves, what we do is we fall into the imposter syndrome trap. I remember catching myself doing this. I have friends that are like infinitely wealthier than I am. And I retired at 37. How many people do that? Not a lot. And I did it. And you know what happened? You'd think at 37, I'd be like, wow, I'm so cool. I'm such a baller. No, (laughs) not even close. I was like, wow, I can't believe I didn't achieve more before I retired. I can't believe I have so many friends that have so much more money than me. What's wrong with me? I don't have enough awards. I only have 18 awards. Jeez. Hello? Does that sound as stupid to you as it does to me? It kind of does, girl. Uh, Right? (laughs) Like, this is the crap we do to ourselves. We all do it. Like, anyone listening to this, I know we all say dumb crap to ourselves. Like, oh my God, (laughs) she's such a better mother than me. She's such a better wife than me. Her husband's hotter than mine. Like, her husband makes more money. And like, why did I choose mine? And God, what's wrong with me? What's wrong with me? The answer is not a damn thing. Yeah. Accept your mental narrative. And that is fully within your control and fixable. You have to first identify that you have a problem before you can fix it. Hello, rule number one of AA, you admit you have a problem. But when we actually learn to accept ourselves as is, there's no imposter syndrome. We look at our accomplishments. We look at the size of our body. We look at our graying hair. We look at gravity taking its toll. And we're just like, nice. Yeah. Well, and it's not in the absence of bettering ourselves. Correct. You know, I think personal growth is key to any happy life, but I don't think we can get there by hating ourselves there. Correct. You know what? It's the origin of the desire for personal development. So I'll give you a perfect example to like really amplify your point. When we approach personal development from a place of not accepting ourselves, I have to work on this because there's something wrong with me. I Mm -hmm. have to learn this skill. I have to learn to meditate because I'm not peaceful enough. I'm not this enough. I'm not enough. Versus when you accept yourself, I 
would love to learn about meditation. That looks cool. Right. That's it. Versus I need this. It's I want this. Right. It doesn't come from a place of your lack. It comes from a place of curiosity and wanting more. Abundance. Mm -hmm. I love it. So gratitude, I mean, we talk about gratitude all the time. That to me is one of the most powerful things that you can do as far as like, Mm -hmm. basically when we focus on what we don't have, then we feel like that. Yeah. But when we love what we do have, it's just such a better place to come from. It really is. So we don't understand gratitude the way I mean it. And I'm hoping to change that. So all of these habits are mental habits. And what is a habit? It's a lifestyle choice. Like when you go to my website, thesixhabits.com, you'll actually see it's more than a book. It's a lifestyle. It is Mm. a lifestyle and gratitude as a lifestyle. It's a choice to see the world and interact with what happens in your life differently. And I want to give you some examples that most people would not be grateful for. I'm a victim of domestic abuse or a survivor of it, right? I went through that. And it took a toll on me. And I'm really grateful that I went through it because of everything that it taught me about me and the lion that it awakened in me, right? And it brought out my fighter spirit. It made me realize, well, ain't nothing as bad as that shit. So I'm fine. (laughs) I'll make the sales call. No problem. Right. Like, and that's huge because it revealed things inside me. I didn't know were there, right? I had two miscarriages and my husband and I wept and sobbed and we were present with the misery and the sadness. And now I know what it's like to be pregnant. I don't know what it's like to be a mom, but I know what it's like to be pregnant. And I know what it's like to feel that incredible love and connection with my husband. And I also know what it means to lose a child. So when I talk to any woman that suffers this tragedy or her husband or her partner, I can actually be there for her in ways that I wasn't able to before. So I'm grateful for that. Like I had to go through bankruptcy before. And I'm so grateful I learned how scary it isn't. I'm so grateful for the opportunity to start again and really be forced into becoming a badass with money. Like I'm so, so, so grateful for all of these things. But, you know, we think about our gratitude list at the end of the day, which I'd love for people to change their relationship with. And just stop writing stuff down for the sake of writing stuff down. Mm. Write things down that like really force you to think and build this muscle within you. So you can like be putting your groceries away and just randomly say to yourself, I am so grateful that I am the woman that carries all my groceries in, in one trip. Cause I'm a baller. <laughs> you know, you that do it. You're like, I'm not taking two thing. trips to the car. I would rather my fingers fall off. Then take that second trip to the car. <laughs> yes, girl. Yes, girl. Listen to me. My garage is like steps away here. I am not taking two trips. I won't do it. Right. It's one of those things where I'm so grateful. I got the money to afford all this. Like I went to Whole Foods the other day and I was like, you know what? I love me with the whole kindness thing. And Mm -hmm. you know what? This move has been interesting. I just moved to Florida and um, I think I've handled it really well. I am going to buy myself some fancy schmancy caviar. Thank you very much. (laughs) (laughs) Right. And then I was in the checkout line and my bill was like between the caviar and a bunch of other things, like a staggering $400. I was like, Mm. I'm so grateful that spending 400 bucks on fancy stuff that just makes me happy and makes my body healthy. 
that is my joy and no one can take it away. So right. we need to find the gratitude in all of our moments. Yes. Not just like, okay, what happened today from the highlight reel? No. What is in our lives that's so good that we just are taking for granted? We do take them for granted. And I think when I was younger, I did. And now when I do go grocery shopping, I may not buy the caviar. I've got three teenagers, but... <laughs> also, they but... won't help you eat it. So perhaps you could... <laughs> Right. But I am grateful that, you know, they're able to be fed every day. They're never wanting for food. Like I think just the basic needs that we're able to fulfill, I think it's really important to be grateful. It's life-changing. Like every single one of these habits is life-changing. And, you know, when it comes to just like the gratitude, when we actually get in the practice habit, not just doing this rote exercise, but it's truly a habitual approach to life and it's a habitual response to everything that we experience, it shapes our perspective. And what it does is it changes how we see our partner. I am so grateful that my husband makes me laugh every day. I want to choke him sometimes, but I'm also (laughs) grateful that he keeps me on my toes and I'm never bored. You know, I can take a look at anything that's been difficult in my life, but what happens is I am able to actually manifest incredible big, big audacious things because I approach every tiny thing with gratitude. And you know what? I'm going to give you a great example. You do not become a master of money by having a lot of it. You will accumulate wealth by being good with money. Wealth is not something where you just have it and then you're good with money. It's the skill that defines your wealth. Right. And the reason why I wanted to use money as a metaphor is because think about dollars as moments. When Mm -hmm. we master our tiny moments and we get really, really good at like being grateful at the checkout line and being really grateful that our kids' bellies are full and we get grateful for the ability to afford hair dye and the ability to say, screw you, I'm done. We choose to be grateful in the moment. We become more spiritually wealthy. I love that. And just for anyone who's not watching this video on YouTube, you know, because you use gray hair a lot and it's (laughs) probably because I have so much of it right now. And I'm loving it. (laughs) Just to be clear, it's gorgeous. Thank you. I have like six gray hairs and I'm very excited about them. Well, it's funny because if anyone's thinking about going gray and they are at the first month, second month, third month, it's miserable. Like I could not I, spray it more hats. It was really, really uncomfortable. But now that I'm six months, a little over six months, I can see where it's going. And I'm like, you know what? I, I'm comfortable with this. Let's see what Look happens. Look at you accepting yourself. Right. And I've said it before and I've said it on social media and in the 43 Facebook group, but I have the right if I decide in six months, yeah, I'm done with gray. I'm going to go back. And I like mm-hmm. to express myself through color, but I don't want to do it because I'm trying to cover myself up. You want to approach it from a place of self-love. And if it ain't self-love, you don't want it. Yeah, that's basically it. Thank you for summing it up for me. <laughs> I got you. <laughs> so, so we have three more, but here's my question. How are presence and intention different from each other? Oh, very, very different. So presence is, I don't think it's entirely correct, but a lot of people regard it as mindfulness. And it's not. Mindfulness is like, I'm going to eat the almond. I'm going to feel the texture of the almond. I'm going to smell it. I'm going to look at it. Like I've done all the mindfulness exercises, right? And and one cannot be a monastic like person sitting on their meditation pillow in all moments of the day. Presence though is being with what is. For me, Mm. it's when my parents come to visit me, 
put your damn phone down, Laura, and be with your mom and listen to her boring ass stories about family <laughs> history because someday she won't be here. Right. Right. When I was going through the miscarriages, for example, I healed faster and better and thoroughly because I chose to feel the pain versus run from it. I was present with it. And you know what? Having lived on Maui before the pandemic, let me say this to you. One of the most profound examples of joy that people really deny themselves is I would sit on the beach because I used to live walking distance from the beach and I would just sit there and I would watch the splendor unfold before me. And I would be there an hour before a sunset and probably a half an hour to an hour later and just watch the entire show and filled with awe and appreciations and presence for what it is. Just let my thoughts be what they are and not try to entertain myself, right? Mm. Oh my God, I have to have my phone in my hand. I have to be talking to somebody. I have to have to, have, yeah, no. Yeah. What I saw though that broke my heart more often than not was tourists coming to the island for the first time and seeing a sunset that took their breath away, being so hell-bent on posing in front of it, so turning their back on the beauty, right? Or trying to get a selfie or trying to get the perfect picture. And it's like, dude, put your frigging camera down. You're missing it. Like you're trying to take a picture of the thing you're not even enjoying. Yeah. If you need a picture of a sunset that bad, go get a stock photo off the internet and print it on aluminum. Like what is wrong with you? Enjoy yeah. it. Like how many sunset pictures have you seen where you've been like, Ooh, like you have to experience it. It's okay. life changing. I don't, I, I'm corny like that. Like nature Same. for me in my twenties and thirties, I didn't even pay attention in my forties and almost 50. I am like, nature is crazy. It's such a magical gift, right? Like rainbows yep. when it rains, I'm like, Oh, I'm so excited. We're going to go for a walk. I want to see a rainbow. Like I see more Aww. rainbows in the past year or two. I mean, you must've seen a bunch of those in my I mean, way. I did. It was kind of like a daily thing. I mean, there's a reason why there's rainbows on the license plates, but damn it. You're so cool. We're going to hang out in person at some point, but you <laughs> know what? You're, you're so right. And like a big reason why I moved to Maui is because I love nature. And you know, I, there was this group I'm a part of and she's like, Oh, where do you go to worship? I was like nature, God is everywhere because mm. this is God's masterpiece, not the building, but it is what God made, which is the perfectly imperfect rock, the absolutely majestic little green lizard that's sitting next to you and all his splendid, brilliant hues of green and, and the sky, even like the weather is like super crappy where I am, but this is magical too. You know, yeah. the earth needs this reset and this rain and all this magic. And we only assign beauty to things that are super colorful. When mm. we can see beauty in the gray, the mundane, the crappy in Massachusetts has a lot of that. Ain't nothing mm. uglier than gray snow with road salt <laughs> in it. Um, but we, if we can find the beauty in that, we can truly be present with it and see beauty all around us and right. really appreciate. So appreciation yeah. and presence is everything. Even yeah. in our suffering, can we appreciate the experience of what it is and stop passing a value judgment on it? Mm. That's huge. We always yeah. say, Misery is bad. Sadness is bad. Rage is bad. Happiness is good. Laughter is good. Well, I can think of several circumstances under which all of those opposites are actually the truth. Rage mm. is wonderful when it finally helps you to leave that abusive husband. Mm. Happiness is your worst friggin' enemy when it makes you so numb to the sadness you face at work because your creativity feels stifled. So are these value judgments accurate? No. And this right. is all part of the spirit of presence. It's being present with what is without judgment, without the need to distract ourselves, without the need to entertain ourselves and just let it be what it is Yeah. and learn from it. I love it. 
And how is that different from intention? Are there any overlaps sort of like kindness and acceptance had some overlaps? No, intention is very, very different. Intention is all about action. Intention Mm. is I intend to be this person. I intend to do this. I intend to create a business. I intend to get divorced. I intend to do this and damn it, I'm doing it. Here's what I'm doing today. And I'm doing it. Okay. God, I love this habit. And it's like, it's a habit of entrepreneurs. It's also the habit of moms and like people that got to get something done. Right. And I'm going to give you an example of someone who really wants to start a business. They've always dreamed of it, but they've never done it. And that's a lot of people. Oh, I always wanted to be a filmmaker. That's a friend of mine. But the difference between those that dream about it and those that live it is action. And action Mm. is born of intention. I want this so bad that I'm willing to do something about it instead of just sitting here yearning. I'm going to sit here and work. So I love things that talk about the law of attraction, but I have routinely said to people, I'm trying to manifest, you know, like lots of money. They say to me, why isn't it working? Oh, honey, you can't just sit on your meditation pillow and wish for it. Like you need to act. So then the secret movie just came out and I was like, oh, now you talk about action 15 years later. Nice. (laughs) Late to the party, but okay. (laughs) But that's the reason why manifestation by itself is BS. It doesn't work. Like, You have to energetically align with it and you have to do something about it. And the thing is, like, if you know clearly where you're going, you can clearly take itty bitty action steps to get there. Like sometimes the big picture is really big and enormous and we don't know what to do with it. But when we can break things down and be like, okay, well, that's the big picture. That's where I'm going. How do I get there? Mm -hmm. Intention is the habit of knowing what you want, why you want it. And what it will take to get there. And then incrementally moving that little ball forward, even if it's just an inch. Sometimes the intention we have for the day is as simple and as difficult as just get dressed because we're depressed. Because this whole COVID nightmare has been no fun for people. And sometimes the biggest victory you can get is just get dressed today. But that victory will lead to another one. Okay, tomorrow I'm going to get dressed and I'm going to put makeup on. And the next Mm. day I'm going to get dressed, put makeup on, and I'm going to write down five things that I really want for myself. And I'm going to really sit down and dream. And like, so intention, like my friend, the filmmaker, right. Or the wannabe filmmaker for him, he would have to want it so bad. He's willing to do something about it. And the thing about all of these habits, they do rely on each other. If you live in just, I'm all about action. I'm going to hustle and I'm going to grind. The habit of intention will actually work against you because you'll basically burn yourself to the ground And what will happen is you'll destroy your soul. You will be miserable because you're not operating and building from a place of kindness and self-love or acceptance or gratitude. You are fighting so hard against the habits that are working against you. Your success is going to be hard won and you're going to be bruised and bloody by the time you get there. But if you work on all six of the habits, including and especially intention, your ability to manifest things is so much easier. It's so much more fun. Things get drawn to you magnetically because you're actually energetically aligned. So all that stuff that they talk about in the secret starts working. And you're like, wow, this manifestation stuff really works. Well, no kidding. Thank you for taking action on the stuff you want instead of just wishing for it. Right. (laughs) Yeah. And you're absolutely right. It always drove me crazy that we didn't talk about what you should actually be doing. So if you want to be, let's say a famous actress, and then you get a a role in a commercial that might be small and you pass it up, you're not putting yourself out there to become what it is you say that you want, right? There's no integrity happening when you're saying you want something, but you're not willing to take the action to get there. 
Absolutely right. It's something we just really need to be aware of. And, you know, a lot of times people will ask me a wonderful question. Well, where do we start, Laura? Well, obviously you need to get the information. It's all in the book, blah, 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 blah. But you learn about the subject, but then you have to learn about yourself within the context of that subject. Mm. Whatever it is, it could be the habits, it could be the secret, it could be the miracle morning or whatever it is. But you have to learn about yourself within the context of that subject. So one of the things that I'm super pumped about is I was originally going to do the book plus a small course plus the 90-day habit mastery program that I have. I decided that the value of the course I wanted to create was so important that I couldn't take the risk that someone would decline to invest in themselves. So it's free. It's included in the book. It's a bunch of downloaded stuff. It's like a couple hundred dollars worth of really valuable deep dive internal exploration stuff that helps you to really see who you are and where you are. So you can grow and then you can decide, damn, I see the writing on the wall. It's time for me to master these habits. And then people can graduate into the 90 day habit mastery program, which works like crazy. And it's even guaranteed. Fun fact. You clearly believe in what it is you're teaching. And it just goes back to what I said before. You can hear all the six habits on this podcast. If you can walk away and go, all right, I got enough. I feel like I can do the work. All right. Awesome. But most likely you'll need to do a deeper dive to really put these habits into action. You know, it's like, it's not enough to just know them. Yeah, exactly. Correct. Great example. I always like to give people it just because it's silly. It's not enough to know that a tomato is a fruit. The wisdom in the application is knowing it doesn't go in a fruit salad. (laughs) It's true, right? Perfect example. One thing I wanted to understand how I could actually develop these habits. So I started looking into the science of habit. Mm. And as a marketer, of course, I'm like, Ooh, is it 21 days? Can I build a 21 day thing? And I'm like better. No, you can't. 30 days is also a lie. 66 days is the scientific magic number for the minimum amount of time that it takes for a habit to actually embed itself into your subconscious Mm. routines. 66 is just minimum. What would happen if you actually gave yourself a 90 day program to force yourself to do it every single day for Mm. 90 days? Here's the secret of the six habits, 90 day habit mastery program for 90 days. I'm going to teach you and lovingly shove you into these habits and you're going to start doing them on day one and you're going to feel like a million bucks on day one and day two and day five and day 52. And because all of these things, they give you benefits right away. Right. But the purpose of the program is to make it so you don't need my program. It's so you can do it on your own. Right. I love a program that really wants to make the leader, being you, obsolete. Planned obsolescence. Yeah, I love it. Because once you master this, then you won't be needed in this way. And then you can come up with something else that's brilliant. That's what I'm hoping. So (laughs) yeah. Will you take us out with goodness? What does that mean, goodness? The point of goodness is it's energy management. That's it. It's good energy in, bad energy out. We have the toxic friends, we have toxic relationships, toxic jobs, toxic media and social media. And I avoid these things like the plague, which is why if anybody looks at my social media, they'll, you'll all probably agree. It's okay. I'm not amazing at it because I prioritize my well-being and I practice what I preach. I even get friends of mine right now. They're like, oh my God, you have to get on Clubhouse. I'm like, A, no, I don't. B, thank you for thinking of me. C, it doesn't appear to be something that fits into my energetic bandwidth of things I'd like to receive and contribute to. Although it might be great for me, mm, no, it doesn't really suit me. So no, thank you. 
you know, and it's funny how many people don't want to accept that. They're like, no, just join me for this room or whatever. And I'm like, again, lovingly, thank you for thinking of me and the hardest of no thank yous. You know, I think women in particular, we are socialized to do a lot of things. We are socialized Mm -hmm. to look perfect, but not too perfect and be bold, but not too bold. And, you know, we're also positioned to acquiesce to other people's demands and expectations of us. And when we have the audacity to say something so bold as no, even other women don't know how to handle it. They're like, oh, well, I'm just going to push a little harder because you're a woman and you're supposed to accept. No, I don't. Thank you. So, you know, what you might experience with me is probably what a lot of people experience with me. I have a very strong personality, but this is one I built. I am very fiercely guarding what comes into my energetic field. And Mm -hmm. if someone's trying to push something down my throat violently, they're going to get a violent like opposition. Right. And we need to be okay with that. Yeah. I find boundaries to be intoxicating. By the way, no is a full sentence. (laughs) You can use an exclamation point if you want. No. The boundaries thing is so important. That's a big thing that like people don't know how to do. They feel guilty. Like I shouldn't have boundaries and blah, blah, blah. And that's one of the things I talk about in the book is the importance of what a boundary is, what a boundary isn't, and also how to lovingly create one boundary. Isn't screw you, dude. You know, it can be, but a boundary Mm -hmm. can also just be a very loving. Thank you for thinking of me. I'm going to have to decline. I'm sorry. Right. So I I love this. I'm halfway through the book. I cannot wait to finish. I will link to it in the show notes. I will link to the Audible that is now up and ready for people to listen. I also know that people learn in different ways. Sometimes I will actually buy a book and the Audible. And Dude, then I'll follow I do along. that all the time. <laughs> you do? Uh, yes, girl. You're not the only one. Welcome to the club, honey. <laughs> um, I have two copies of like nearly every book that I love because yeah. it's like, I can sit there and immerse myself in the pages. I'm like, damn. And then I get so sucked in. It's like, but I have to drive and you can't drive and read. (laughs) Damn it. So now I have two or like I'm listening to the audible and I'm just like, damn, this is so good. Oh, I want the written copy so I can like scribble on it. it. You can't flag something you hear. That's what happens to me a lot. I will get the audio book. And then if I feel like there are you know, highlights to be happening, then I'll go and get the printed book. So you and I are so similar. I Kindred love spirits. this. I know. <laughs> All right, Laura, thank you so much. Thank you. This has been fun. Are you ready to dive deeper into the six habits? Laura's offering you something super special because you're a 40 Thrive listener. Get instant access to Laura's life-changing six habits mega download bundle. This includes Laura's signature 90-day habit mastery program, the Six Habits audiobook, the Six Habits ebook, plus a full set of 4K phone wallpapers to keep you on track. So cool. Visit 40thrive.com forward slash episode 98 to get the bundle. I'm so excited to introduce you to amazing experts and resources so you can kick some serious butt in your life. Thank you so much for listening. You are really the reason I keep doing this. I am so grateful for you and your continued support, and I am committed to creating the best possible episodes to help you thrive today and every day. So until next time, take care and keep thriving. Spring has sprung, and with the change of seasons, sometimes comes an increase in vitality. If you're feeling in the mood for a little more personal time, may I suggest Coconut. Coconut is all about providing clean and natural ingredients when you're enjoying your most intimate moments with or without a partner. 
naturally safe products developed by people who are obsessed with quality. Get 15% off with promo code GROWNASS at grownasswoman.guide forward slash kokanoo. That's 15% off with promo code GROWNASS at grownasswoman.guide forward slash kokanoo.